talk today about the fact that your faith overrides objections. Your faith overrides objections. As in your ornery judge, I object. I object your ornery. <laughs> right, over, right. So it overrides every objection that will come to your accomplishing what God's word says that you're going to accomplish. It will override everything that objects to it. I, I use that term because our covenant is a legal document. It it stands. It's forever settled. It's not, uh, you know, people who are are trying to redo our constitution uh, have this phrase that they use well the constitution is a breathing document which means it's still alive in that it can be altered well the word of God is alive but it's forever settled it doesn't it doesn't need any fixing <laughs> in fact the, the word is very clear about what happens to people who add to or detract from the word of God and so this has always been this is why people argue the word this is why they will argue back at believers when they attempt to witness to them lead them to Christ whatever is because they want to mount an argument against the word but when they come up against it it's so powerful and so strong they have nothing left but to just mm, all, all they can do is talk back to it because they can't change it they can't move it they'll never alter it every attempt to alter God's word has been met with a decisive put down and so it's it's always crushed and it's always put down because the word itself carries that out got me so there's no there's no support for these concepts that are contrary to God's word there's no support for concepts that are contrary to the life of God the everlasting power of the word Uh, all we have to do is stand our ground on the word now it does take faith in the word for that opposition to do its job and so we can never just let things go as they are and say oh God will handle it no you're here to handle it on his behalf we are his ambassadors we are not here to just be uh, you know passive people who are afraid of it you know that always cloaks fear to me it just smells like fear you can sense it underneath a statement like that I'm thinking what are you scared of you know this isn't your word it's his he has angels to come down here at his dispatch on our behalf it will take a stand for the word so it's not like you're at risk of anything all you're doing is acting as an ambassador would ambassadors do not fight and carry weapons and in some in some situations they probably should but if you remember in Benghazi uh, when they were attacked uh, the ambassadors had to wait for military help to come to defend them and so this is our position as ambassadors for Christ we have military help to come and fight on our behalf so you don't have to take up weapons against anybody you don't have to you know be mean to anybody or be mean to the devil because he you know he's mean to you and that's all he understands is a whap on his head but I'm talking about dealing with flesh and blood you know we can we can be uh, understanding we can be kind we can be merciful we can be all those things but you can never waver on God's word we have to carry out the word of the Lord and so when objections arise to our situations or to our uh, going forward in what God has ordained for us 
our faith is there to override whatever is overriding what we want so you must understand that your faith must be exercised against any objection to your going forward in God with the promise of God I don't care if it's your health if it's your finances if your career your future uh, your marriage your relationships harmony in life all of those things that God has promised us when there is opposition to it or an objection raised to you going forward and receiving that you must over ride that objection with your faith that's what your faith is for and so that is the battle the wrestling the good fight it's a good fight because you're on the winning side if you'll just use what you have God will come and help you with the rest of it so what is an objection in a legal sense an objection is the formal registration of a protest (laughs) it is the formal registration of a protest against the admission of of a piece of evidence at a trial so what is our evidence it's our faith so the objection is coming as a direct opposition for the evidence of your faith to come forth they object to a piece of evidence you know if if somebody is on trial for uh, for uh, of theft or stealing and they say well their their dna was found at the crime scene and uh, your honor i object you know i was never told there was any dna i mean any flimsy thing that they can come up with you know lawyers are 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 afforded the opportunity of what they call discovery where they they both present what evidence they have in advance so if you need to know so you can refute it they don't want to take you by surprise so you have you're supposed to have every opportunity that you need to refute any evidence that is presented and so perhaps this lawyer forget forgot to present the dna evidence at discovery and so they object to it and it might be his dna but the fact that there was a rule already in place that you had to let them know ahead of time so the devil always wants to know where your evidence is he always wants to know where your faith is because he will plan a strategy to undermine your faith at every turn he does not that want that evidence to ever show up in the courtroom of God he does not want your faith to be presented at the throne room of God on your behalf so he'll do everything he can to keep it from getting there <clears throat> the, this admission it says here the formal registration of, okay uh, uh, objection is the formal registration of, the, of a protest against the admission of a piece of evidence at trial on the grounds of some legal defect so the legal defect would be that that they didn't know about it in advance See, there's a legal defect here so say for instance you're believing God for reconciliation of your household all your children are going to serve God you know everybody's going to come back and all that kind of stuff well you know you you begin to petition God and say God I'm believing that this is going to happen and I thank you for it happening and and the the devil said I object who you think you are see there's your there's your legal defect your legal defect is you're not worthy see? so he'll throw that at you 
And if you accept that and that gets in your head, every time you think about your family coming back, you'll think, well, who am I to think there? Or when they left, I had done this to them and that to them and we had had this argument and that argument. So you begin to disqualify yourself because you allow your own petition to be thrown out of court based on some legal defect. Some defect in you. Something that you can't get over. Oh boy, uh, I'm so messed up. God will never straighten me out enough so that I can be worthy to do. Well, come on now. We know that's not going to happen. You're just going to have to believe God anyway. You understand what I'm saying? And bring them outlaws and them in-laws back in the house. And y'all just keep duking it out in love this time. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> so so that's how the enemy gets us. He has this this because... The throne room of heaven is really our courtroom. Our, that's our place where things are tried. They're, they're the, the word of God is on trial in us whether we'll continue to believe it or not. See? And so the devil throws his opposition and his objections up there. Because he says look at them like he did with Job. Look at him. Oh the reason. <laughs> I'd serve you too if you bless me like you bless Job. Look at him. He got everything. Thing. You don't have no sweat, no trouble, no toil, no nothing. And so we all have to override these accusations with our faith. We have to. You know why? Because they play in our minds. If it was if it was just the devil objecting, God could could put us through the testing of our faith and we come out like pure gold holding on to his unchanging hand, the devil satisfied. But the problem is it gets into our heads too because the devil whispers these things to us. Amen. So the haters at the gates will always have something to tell you to diminish your faith, to keep you in a place where you can't believe or you won't believe or your faith doesn't work or you don't feel worthy or you feel like you know so that's his strategy to keep us listening to his objections and listening to his accusations to disqualify our faith or keep our faith bound in an entanglement of objections you know some people take their cases all the way to the supreme court well we got a ruling here and and so okay well there's a court that you can go over to get another ruling we'll make an appeal and see if they'll hear us and we keep going up and up and up and up that's why people on death row are there for 20 years now because of the appeal system in our courts we just can't decide if we really made a right decision way back then when we heard all the evidence and so but that's not allowed in God's court what God says is final and so when God's satisfied that your faith is at the the level that he can honor it and it'll hold that promise in your life all those things are being considered by God then he will release that thing to us and, and entrust it to us for safekeeping and so it's a wonderful thing to have your faith tested you know what are we scared of it's not our faith anyway it's a faith of the son of God it's already been tried every kind of way it can be tried all you're doing is holding on to it not letting go we're not doing anything else and strengthening your grip on his faith you know if anything else just let everything else go and hold on to that and so there are objections raised when you use your faith when you are anticipating good from God trust me the devil will raise objections to it some of the the objections come from different sources one is natural circumstances and natural evidence 
there is natural evidence that is being considered as well as natural circumstances. Make note of that. That's where your problems come from, the natural. Natural evidence and natural circumstances. Because your faith is able to work in, in, in both realms. You, and it has to. For instance, if, if I tell you to to sit down on that chair and it doesn't look real sturdy, I, I can convince you, oh, it's, it's fine. I know it looks like that, but then you go, kapow, no. <laughs> you hit that floor so hard. <laughs> I say, oopsie. <laughs> I guess you had reason to doubt after all. <laughs> but you know how we go through natural life. You have to have confidence in, in what your eyes see and, and your experience experience with those things so you you get that that experience in the natural circumstance your faith operates there for natural situations if you want the natural to change that's where you need the faith of God the most you see what I'm saying it, it must it must uh, uh, take the place of you must take natural faith out of that situation and put supernatural faith in there if you want it to change it won't change any other way now there are some natural circumstances that are time related that have to be respected for instance if we're having a conference starting on the 20th we can't say our faith can push it why should we see it's it's a set thing but there are some things that you may because they don't line up with the word of God you want to change some things in the natural and those things can be changed with your faith they can be changed with your faith so there's natural opposition or natural circumstances will make objections to your faith spiritual opposition of course will make challenges to your faith you know if there are spiritual forces at work that have changed laws so that they're not in your favor you will have to override that spiritual influence and that spiritual decision that has come in this is one of the things that's kind of caught the church off guard to a certain degree you know we kind of have have just watched things happen for a while and these have been spiritual um, influences that have influenced some of our laws that we refuse to take note of and understand them and oppose them in the right way so that they don't get a hold on us then when they get a hold then everybody wants to go fight in the natural realm because that's more comfortable to them and so uh, I can tell you that if you can fight it on a spiritual level see somebody's going to have to come along and do the spiritual warfare anyway to get it undone and so when we see those things happening we have to mount up the offense against them because there is spiritual opposition that must be fought because it raises an objection to our faith and to the plan of God in the earth we oftentimes we put our faith in something else and it has to be removed from that one thing over into another so faith misplaced I would say misplaced faith is also something that will raise an objection to our faith or raise an objection to the promise of God coming into our lives the other thing is ignorance ignorance will also cause us 
it will be an objection to our faith or an objection to the promise we just don't understand how these things happen and, and when they're going to happen and how to work with God to get them into the earth and so all of these you can see faith can override those and so faith in God is what we need to override all objections to the plan of God for your life the things that you want to come and to happen in your life and so we can can understand that this is no uh, no reason to be discouraged here there's no reason to back down there's every reason to rejoice and be glad because you're going forward when these objections arise God will begin to minister to you and help you to understand how to overcome them that's the Holy Spirit's job and so if you're willing to go forward you want what God's promised you and you want the things that God has for you then he will will certainly help you to raise uh, uh, override that objection he wants you to overcome it he wants you to have it removed from your life so it's not a hindrance to you and it doesn't become getting that bag of collectibles that we have in our lives you know oh I can't do this because or that's not for me or that's not my gift you know that kind of rhetoric that we go into when we're making excuses for not clinging to to what God's promised us and fighting these objections in other words objections start to become a part of you they become a part of your belief system they become a part of your little repertoire if you don't understand that that's something it's a foreign object now I know it agrees with your soul it agrees with your fear it agrees with your wimpiness it agrees with your lack of motivation but it is a foreign substance it is not what God has for you so you have to treat it like an enemy you have to treat it like a a, a speck of dust in your eye you got to get it out and got to remove it because you won't be comfortable until it, it comes out of there and so it's a good thing to understand what's for us what's not for us just learn how to let the Holy Spirit help you discern between good and evil there's some things that are cloaked in goodness that are really evil they're not right for us and they are not for us and so we need to always be aware and be discerning on those things so when you need healing the report of the natural experts will raise an objection to your faith and will cause you to uh to stop in the the forward progression of your faith in in these times and so we need to understand that there is a, a, a an override we can do to this objection that when we come through it we'll see that your faith has has made it through that you've received everything that God said you can, you can have your yeah you can be healed you can be whole you can be pain free you can be worry free you can have a normal blood pressure a normal heart rate uh, all of these things can come to you uh, the things that you see on the other side of your situation where you are now it takes faith to get over there but just as you are exercising faith then the enemy boom hits you with an objection you can't have that because and so in uh, I have, uh about three there I think it's Mark we'll turn to Mark chapter 5 I'm pretty sure that's the one I settled on Mark chapter 5 and uh, this is the woman with the issue of blood and you know you read her so many times but we'll read her again uh, because she was able to hit this override this this objection to her faith in the court of heaven she was seeking healing 
and so here's an objection raised to her her natural faith but it forced her to lean more over into the supernatural at some point you got to let go of natural faith because it's not getting the job done got me it's just not getting the job done and so when you realize it's not getting the job done you let go of it you know if you have a covenant with God you've got a, a safety net underneath you that you can always fall into God's not mad at you because you were afraid to trust him and you went to doctors you got me he's not mad at you uh, it wouldn't do him any good to be mad at you anyway because you're going to go you understand what I'm saying <laughs> his mad don't stop you from turning your car wheels in that direction <laughs> but he does know his way is best if you would trust him and I think sometimes it is a discouragement to God if you could use that word that we lack trust in him after all that he's done for us you see we'll just turn the other direction and and go get what's familiar even though it doesn't work we just get more of it you know keep going keep going keep going and so this woman is typical of that type of person in Mark chapter 5 and verse 24 it says a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years so here this woman has been bleeding for 12 years and she has suffered many things or allowed many things she'd had treatment she'd had um, uh, you know uh, all kinds of interventions whatever they did back in the day to intervene and stop the blood she probably had potions to drink and you know things to apply to her body and so forth and so on and and it says she'd allowed or suffered many things of many physicians so she's made the rounds of everybody you know when you go to one they'll say well uh, I, can, I can refer you to a specialist you know and they'll go and as long as your insurance they look at your insurance and see you know you got some left on there and they can file another claim and get another payment and so forth and so on or you run out of that and they send bills to your house as long as you pay the bills you'll find another specialist for you it's just the way it is folks I mean it it's amazing when you run out of money nobody can see you anymore and so it's it's just that way uh, people don't waste their time with people who don't you know you do that when you go to a foreign country where there's no health insurance but here in this country you want your money and so it, there's very little out there that that uh, fits the bill I can remember Cleveland uh, when I was first in college they that was the first year they had what they called a free clinic it was a you didn't go there if you valued your life you did I mean nothing but hippies hippies ran it hippies went there uh, and and they had a box there where they would accept donations and of course they got they have fundraisers I mean there's a lot of people supporting these things <clears throat> if you're a, a parent and you're a millionaire your kid is a hippie and they tap you up for some you give you know because that's the only way you can probably have contact with your kid and help your kid out so they had a lot of you know parents of high school mostly college students who frequented these places and this was where they got their fundraising money from Uh, the guy who started the free clinic in Cleveland was um, 
he's so wealthy he wound up dependent on drugs he wound up being a major supplier of drugs through that clinic and it's just a, a really a big mess but it started out as an opportunity <clears throat> for young people who didn't have health insurance to be able to come in and get their health care needs met and so there was a lot of uh, you know mostly what they did was you know some drug counseling contraception you know for young women and so forth a lot of abortions things of that nature but they would often have people who were wanted to be anonymous in their health care because they really didn't care to get referrals or which you know they didn't go well do you have who'd you see who's your family doctor I don't have one okay they start a new file on you you may have a file a mile long someplace else they just didn't care and periodically they would get a check for ten thousand dollars in that box twenty thousand dollars in that box and these were people who anonymously were wealthy people or well-to-do people in the city but they didn't want their regular doctor to check what was going on with so you know they would double dip it somewhere so they didn't have to have the insurance coverage at that place because it was free and nobody asked anything and so periodically they put enough in there to keep it keep the joint going you know so they always had a place to to go and so these are some of the things that happen you know in a healthcare system there's always a way to undermine it there's always a way to go around it there's always a way to to suck more out of it in other words and so the fact that this lady ran out of money and they cut her loose was a major blessing if she'd been living in this day and age she'd still be on the ropes with the physicians because there's always another free clinic that you can pop into to see if somebody can give you some more treatment so the fact that your natural situation is not supporting you anymore is a God thing and a good thing and a God ordained thing because God had ordained healing from for this woman and he had given her uh, so much time to go out on her own to find her own resources when the, that time ran out because the money ran out then God was right there to help her like a loving heavenly father a perfect father the one who is perfect in all of his ways then is able to undertake for us and so he, he or she suffered 12 years in verse 26 she suffered many things of many physicians but all she had was was not better but she got worse so really the objection to this says you cannot be healed because there's nothing we can do for you you've already been told your case is incurable you've been sick too long and there you you're really getting worse now and the fact that you're getting worse and we've run out of things we can do for you and you've run out of money means that there is no hope for you in the natural realm so her her objection comes as there's nothing else we can do for you there's no hope for you you even if there was a doctor we could send you to you can't afford it so she's locked in her objection the objection to her healing has locked her in to a place of despair discouragement and disappointment but it does not say she thought any of those things it does not say she thought any of those things it says she had suffered many things she grew worse and she heard something so what you hear de- determines how you interpret what your objection says 
what you hear next determines how you respond to that and how you treat that objection. See if she hadn't heard of Jesus her mind would have made the decision to be discouraged to accept that as final. There's no hope for me I guess I'll go home and make myself comfortable get my affairs in order whatever it is. Live the rest of my days out in as limited a fashion as I can. I can't stress myself out I can't go to the the you know the holy days and the feast days and all those kinds of things I'll just sit here and wither and die. But she heard about Jesus and anybody can hear the word of God. Anybody can hear the word of God and that's always where the difference lies and the, the decision that you make depends upon what you subject your hearing to what do you choose to hear you can choose to hear the word of God you don't have to uh, um, you know this isn't a big deal this is just inclining your ear giving it your attention give it your full attention while God is speaking let him have your full attention mm-hmm. And that's what she did. It says she heard about Jesus when she heard about him. She came in the press behind and touched his garment for she said something. Now this is the spirit of faith talking. This is not just her. This is her spirit giving her counsel on how to refute this objection. How to override this objection to her health and her healing. And often these instructions are so simple we miss them because we're looking for something more detailed and more complicated. Because the world will give you all these detailed complicated. (laughs) It's amazing to me. Years ago it was thought that doctors the, the, the profession of medicine was much too dignified to beg people to take pills on television. Now they beg you to take pills on television. They even tell you uh, uh, this new pill. Go talk it over with your physician. You know, and physicians used to be people used to not even take that liberty. They just it's you know it's like arguing with God or something. You know, you just didn't talk back, and you felt like whatever they told you was the law, and you had to obey it and so forth. But I'm always amazed at the list of side effects that they tell you come with these and they recommend them anyway see this should be a tip off to you that there's something not right something is rotten in the state of Denmark and on my television because here we are being told uh, a heart attacks blood clots they're all the same you know it's amazing you can take a drug in this category you get the heart attack and the, and the blood clots one in this category heart attack blood clots and uh, you know all this stuff so so the list of side effects is longer than the list of effects because with the list of effects all, all you're looking for is one thing to happen good but then you got a list of 27 things and they just name the top ones and so you've got a long list of you know insomnia blurred vision dry mouth I mean that goes with all, every single thing that, that you ever want to take and so it's up to you do you want the curse along with the supposed blessing because the side effect is always the curse that's the bibbidi bobbidi boo side of every pill that you ever take. You know, it's whatever the witch is conjuring up tonight. And and you get that. 
And so when you when you have to now there are some people whose faith is not at the place where they can say Jesus is my healer and mean it. Got me. And so if they they will fight they can fight on a natural level but they cannot put their confidence there. Once you put your confidence there you got the side effects too. If you can learn how to take a pill and trust God you won't get the side effects. You'll get the good effects. Here's blessed. It's like you do your food. Ask God to give me the good not the bad. Or just move that away from me. And work with me with my faith. Because I prefer to take you as my physician. You've know, you got to have him as your physician. You can't be trying to fool God. And take a pill and say you're my physician. And then you, if they take those pills away from me I'll just you know. <laughs> You know, it might start out like that, but you let your faith grow. Let your faith in God grow. Don't let dependence upon natural things grow. Just like you don't want to depend on your natural job. Because the devil will see that and he'll start messing with that and want to take it away from you just to see you upset. And so we have to understand that faith in God means that God sometimes can help us through these natural things. However, that is not what you depend on. The minute that God sees you doing that, then the devil has the freedom to challenge you. That this is, you know, challenge you is if, you know, if you're going to say you believe in God, you better be believing God. Because this is about to be removed from your life. And so anyway, God is merciful and he will allow us to develop our faith. Uh, But this woman had come to the end of it. Now trust me, when the natural faith is, is not working, God will immediately bring his remedy to you. That's what I wanted to stress about. It says here she suffered many things in verse 26. She grew worse. Verse 27 after she grew worse immediately she heard of Jesus. So God brings the answer from him immediately. He won't let you language in discouragement. If you feel yourself getting discouraged, despondent, despairing and all that kind of stuff. You better get in your word because there's a word for you waiting for you to hear it. You know there's a word there immediately. He's been waiting for you to get your attention out of the doctor's face and get it over you know, into his. And just begin to stand before God and declare your covenant. God I thank you that you're the God who heals me. And you are the great physician. And I'm trusting you God. Just show me how this is going to work. Show me my part. God can heal you just in a daily dose of the word of healing. Just in a daily dose. You know you, you say you look in the word. It says incline your, your ear to my sayings. And the word is life and health to all of your flesh so there's your answer right there just let that rule in your heart and don't look for something else because we always have a tendency to go shopping for more things because we think it doesn't happen fast enough or this couldn't be the answer you know it's the first thing that the enemy will say to you so he'll raise objection after objection after objection as you're pursuing God so this woman jumps over every hurdle that she needs to jump over because she finds herself in the place where her faith has told her her healing is going to take place you must know that you're in the right place to be healed 
You've got to know that. You've got to have peace within you that you're in the right place to be healed and you're not listening to these objections and embracing them as your own. You cannot embrace the objections of the enemy as your own will, your own thinking. It can't be a part of you. It can't be. You have to give God's word your full attention. You know, turn everything off. Get yourself lay down somewhere. You know, close your eyes, meditate on it, absorb it. Don't be thinking about what you're going to do when this is over with. <laughs> you know, when I get when I get over with this word, I'm gonna. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Your mind's on the next thing already. You can't do that. You have to settle in on it and allow that word to to take root in you and and let it grow. And and pretty soon the healing word will outgrow the symptoms that you have and outgrow any root that's in you that's causing that that uh, illness to grow. And so she had she had to withdraw her faith from the natural in order for supernatural faith to take hold. Jesus has to be Lord over these things. He can't share it with the doctors. He can't share preeminence. He is the great physician. And uh, all the other doctors have to go home, pack up their bags and leave you alone so that he can work. I was watching this. Um, uh, somebody had on 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 um, the internet a, a chronicle of their child. Um, I think it only took like a couple of months this kid had been in an accident and he was not expected to live. He's totally banged up. And his mother and I think an aunt, you know, be careful when you got a, two sisters that know God. You know, the devil's really in trouble. You know, he really is. He bad It days it numbered. And uh, they had gone in the night before when the child was brought in and prayed over him and and uh, the doctors came in that morning and they were in the room that morning as well and the doctors asked if they said what happened during the night did somebody come in and pray for him they said yeah we did he said you must have because we didn't expect him to be here this morning and so from that day forward he began to make progress and they just showed it apparently the women had the presence of mind to take pictures and videos of him each day and showing his progress and probably at the end of six months he was out playing in school again with his classmates and so forth and so on just wonderful to just you know okay doctors you do what you do but we're trusting God you know it shows you how you can allow natural care to help a person but override that with the higher law in the realm of heaven that you put him up there as the great physician and you're not trusting in there I mean you're you're the devil has got you on the front seat of the biggest roller coaster with the biggest drop ever if that's what you're doing because every day it'll be something different you'll just go up and plunge down you'll go up again and plunge down again you know you might coast a long time on that lower level before you go up a little bit and plunge. you know it's it's bad juju so you don't want to stay in that place of, of trusting in the limited resources of this earth because this earth is condemned it's slated to be destroyed it's on the auction block 
for zero price at the end of, of, of the life of this, this earth life and this dispensation. So you don't want to be attached to this. You want to be on a higher level. So the woman with the issue of blood <coughs> made the decision that if she could just touch his garment she would be whole. Now is this scriptural? Oh yes it is. We talked about the, the robe of the high priest and what it contained. And uh, that the son of righteousness arises with healing in his wings or in his rays. And we said wings were the same thing as fringes. And those fringes were on the bottom of the robe of the high priest. And so she knew that if Jesus was, was a rabbi, he was a minister even though he was not of the line of Aaron. He was doing things in a higher fashion than the priests that were walking around in the natural did then she'd rather have their boss than touch his garment and she knew that she could be made whole and so when she did that the spirit of faith began to direct her to the time and the place where this would happen now did she want to wait absolutely not so she got out and she made sure that she followed the instruction of the spirit of God and this is where people lose the uh, their override of the objection the longer you put off being obedient to God the longer these objections become a part of you after a while you start to believe them after a while you give up on it you get discouraged it's like the people that go to Benny Hinn that you see on television on the camera some of them people have been to 12 Benny Hinn's you know they're on every bus that goes out to his meeting and they'll say things like well I watch you on television and you know I've been watching for X number you know that you know the story your faith has to be developed to the point where you know that there's a time and a place for the release of it so that 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 healing can can be made manifest in your body and those symptoms will leave you and so she just knew that if she could get to him and touch the hem of his garment he didn't have to touch her she didn't have to go ask for anything this is the amazing thing about the instruction of God the instruction of God will allow you to embrace your instructions and know you can carry them out if she had had to have him touch her she would have been rebuked by every minister there because she was unclean as far as being able to be out among the public be able to participate in any of the religious exercises of the day uh, she just didn't qualify but her her faith overrode her disqualification according to the existing Jewish law this is something that had to happen over and over and over again with the people in the nation of Israel you see many of the lepers when they asked to be cleansed they were overriding the existing law that God had given them to live by why because faith is a higher law than the law you got me than the Mosaic law faith was before the law it was because of faith that the law was instituted Abraham's people had to have rules and all of that to live by they had to have a way to have constant contact with God but that law was weak because it's been replaced by a better one you understand what I'm saying and so when you understand that you understand that people if they were obeying the Jewish law like they should everybody should have been looking for something better you know come on now that thing will wear you out you know you you slip up and cuss and you got to take the pet parakeet to the 
You understand what I'm saying? I mean, come on now. It's just yeah or or live right you understand what i'm saying so so it was tough it was a toughie but it reminded them constantly of the holiness of god see that's what it reminded them of and it reminded them that they were under a promise that the day would come where they would be released from all of that and they could live in a higher level with god and so that that was what the messiah was to bring to them so this woman with the issue of blood she realized that she had to use her faith to override the objection to her healing and she didn't give up on being healed that's the main part of that if you don't give up on being healed you don't give up on God's plan for you you don't give up on God coming through for you if you don't give up and don't release it to that objection you don't let the objection stand you override the objection with your faith so when the objection says that the doctors have done all that they can you say your honor I thank you that the natural law is passed away I'm going into my higher law I believe the son of God the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings and I'll partake of it and I will be healed and so that's what she stood on and that's what propelled her to touch Jesus and be healed and so when Jesus when he he she heard about Jesus and and she said if I can just but touch his clothes I'll be made whole right away there's no delay here she didn't go winting she got right away huh? right away because she wanted it right away it's according to your faith it's unto you she's sick of that she was sick of being sick she was sick of doctors she was sick of bleeding she was sick of all of it she didn't try to make a uh, a monument to her sickness Mm-hmm. Now there's so many ways people stay sick now, you know, disability, uh, you know, inability, um, all this, you know, you get some alphabets added onto your name and all this kind of stuff. It's just mind-boggling. And see, it's no, it's no surprise now that people really feel like they don't know how to regulate their own lives. You know, now they got to have life coaches and counselors for everything. You know, back in the day when AA was started, the people that they call sponsors now, your sponsor was the person that sat with you for three days while you went through withdrawal, and they helped you not harm yourself when you're sweating it out and if you went into DTs you went into DTs they stayed there and made sure that when you came out because they knew you'd come out of it when you came out of it there was somebody there to watch over that so that you didn't have to go through it anymore they considered what you had gone through such a high price they wanted to keep you from having to go back that way again keep you from drinking again and so it's not like it is now you know your sponsor is somebody you call and they if they're in a good mood you may not drink and if they ain't in a good mood y'all might go to the bar together you understand (laughs) sponsor you who's buying (laughs) whose turn is it to buy you know you both fall off the wagon at the same time so it's one of those things where you know if if you but but you must have understanding that God will deliver you you know from these situations and and you don't have to be dependent upon anybody and anything but him I I've known people that 
were declared disabled by the the state and God healed them they went back to the state doctors and they said well there's no way you can <laughs> they refused to <laughs> accept the fact that these people are healed now so I said you know don't be afraid of, of anything you know get yourself declared I remember a young man I had known him in high school in fact he dated a friend of mine we went to different high schools but uh, they were dating and, and um, you know she was She's one of them people, you know, you just didn't want your son to wind up with nobody like her. That's just the truth because she was very controlling. She's very manipulative and all of that. And, you know, they weren't married, had a couple of kids. And, and, you know, every time they'd have a kid, he'd wind up in a mental hospital. And he was in medical school. And, um... Yeah, you can get mixed up with some very strange people, folks. I mean, you they see your potential and they want control over it. And, uh, you know, it's not, I don't think she really meant to do him that kind of harm. But when you sin, you don't know what's down the road. You don't know how those people will respond to it. And, and it was too much pressure for him. He He was threatening to not complete school and all this kind of stuff. And so he wound up... Uh, being so mentally um, deteriorated he had to drop out of medical school he um, I was the nurse at the hospital when he was there the last time I remember him being admitted he said he was who was Nixon or Kissinger's psychiatrist at the time they had him in there you know he's very delusional uh, and they had no choice but to put him on disability he could never go back to school lost all his scholarships and everything probably about I guess maybe 10 years later I met him again in a church I was going to and he got saved and got baptized in the Holy Spirit and God started to heal his mind and he went on to start his own computer he was a genius he went on to start his own computer company uh, never went back to the you know no jizzy you know double double toil and trouble you know, her right you got it and so he never went back that way he just kept going and uh, the last I heard he he was working again and they told him he said I don't want any disabilities I'm not disabled I'm healed and he was just really really so thankful that God had healed him and he was ready to go on and and uh, live his life and and so it was just a a great miracle to witness in God uh, because I always felt bad for him you know even as a sinner I said God how do you you know people say you're jealous and all that kind of stuff but still truth is truth you know if she's not right she's not right so uh, but he got saved you know I saw her probably about five years ago her second husband had passed away at the time and um, she had still not saved you see what I'm saying still not saved this is going on but he thank God was saved and moved on to a better life but he was not afraid at all he felt that getting rid of disability would have been the last uh, the last uh, remembrance of his nervous breakdown in his past life and so he was willing to cut himself off from any kind of connection with that and was glad to move on and and is doing very well from last time I heard was doing very well so yeah so God is good amen he redeems us and restores us but you know we shouldn't be afraid of getting healed and sometimes things that we have built a monument to in our sickness can be a hindrance it can be an objection 
connection to our getting our healing from God. And so it's a wonderful thing if our faith can plow through every objection and say this is for me. Healing is for me. I don't care. I'm going on with God. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. And if I hadn't gotten involved with sickness I never would have you know, done all this stuff. And so let's keep going on. And so when she heard of Jesus she knew she'd be made whole right away. The fountain of her blood dried up. She felt in her body as she was healed. When you're healed you know it. You don't think like a sick person anymore. You don't act like a sick person anymore. In fact, you can know you're healed before all your symptoms subside. So, you know, it's just that way. You can definitely know that. And so she knew in her. And if you don't know it yet, ask God to get you to the place where you know it. It's not. It isn't a club to join. It's an I know I'm healed and you don't know you're It's not like that. This is the the reality of God. When your spirit man has latched on to divine health. Your spirit man knows it, and so don't let go of it. Don't don't dislodge it. And so Jesus turned around and and uh, knew that virtue had gone out of him, and he said, "Who touched my clothes?" And so he looked around and found her. And the woman, fearing and trembling, came down and told him, fell down before him, and told him all the truth. That's verse thirty three. And he said, "Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace, and be whole of your plague." So this is the confirmation. You know the 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 sign that she was new in her body, and then Jesus seals it with His own words, and so that gets reinforced. I think your healing needs to be reinforced again with the word. You know, you may need to do that over and over and over again. Sometimes you'll get in the wrong company of people, or listen out of politeness to somebody complaining or something like that, and you'll begin to doubt whether or not you're healed. And so you need to have that healing reinforced. Get the word some more meditate on the word even more and allow that healing to be reinforced in you in in mark chapter 9 we see a, a example where unbelief can raise an objection to your healing unbelief so this is a spiritual opposition really to your healing because uh, you it's blocking your faith unbelief is something that will block your faith unbelief is really a decision not to put your faith in God for whatever reason you just decide not to go that route sometimes people are too afraid oh God if I trust I remember telling people in the past that that they were healed and and uh does that mean I can't go to the doctor you know the first thing you did fear just so you can do anything you want to but I'm telling you what the word says about you and so that kind of says Separates the faith from the, you know, the pretenders. I guess you could say the make believers from the real believers. You know, and and you really need to believe in health, especially if you're sick. This person, and I've had people tell me this, uh, that try and take the natural course of things. And and I believe God does it when they have, when it's it's possible for them to put their faith in Him. You know, God's not unmerciful. You know, where he take everything away from you and you don't have anything that will help you anywhere. Unless that's just the way it is. But um, I can remember this person was saying that uh, they were diabetic and I think they were being um, they were doctor was trying to control it by diet but you know the more you go back with symptoms and the more they tell you the less that stuff works you understand me you're just on a, a bad slippery slope that's you're losing ground and um, he said well I just 
And that, now this lets you show you how the natural mind works. He said, I just ask God. Instead of asking him to heal it. You know what I'm saying? I ask God to help me supernaturally lose the weight. So you're mixing. You've got a little mixture of your doctor's advice. And you're putting God under his authority. You got me? Everybody see that? You have taken a man's word as the cure for your illness and asked God to help that. And see that's what people do all the time. Now he's not unusual. He's not unique. There are all kind of people. Well I'm going to have the surgery. I said God go in there with me. God be what he's going to be with you. He said he never leave you or forsake you. If you want him in there with you why don't you want him to heal you. Without the scalpel, without the stitches, without the goopy stuff, without the, you know, feeling like you don't care anymore. I never liked that feeling. I, you know, I've had, I had to have general anesthesia like once as an adult. And you get this feeling like you don't care if you live or die. And that, that ain't good for everybody. <laughs> it wasn't good for me. <laughs> what is this? You know, I've been here before, you know. Yeah, and so you just... You just don't like that. And so it's just one of those things where, um, you know, you, you want to avoid all of this. It's just a lot of stuff to go through, you know, when you think about it. The gown that you hate. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got to put that on. And, you know, all these, all these people coming in. You got to submit to all this stuff. I mean, come on, folks. Put your clothes on and go home and get your word. You know, you, you, you have a great physician. You have a covenant of healing. You have a guarantee with God. The doctors don't guarantee you anything. They don't, they don't promise you anything. They have all this. You read them papers you sign before you go in there and see what they say. <laughs> it's the great disclaimer. A great disclaimer. So anyway, <clears throat> we have this unbelief can raise an objection to your faith. And so, uh, you know, oh, to finish the story, I was telling you about the gentleman that had, well, he lost the weight and he, his, the illness was under control but then it came back on him and he had already done what the doctors told him they said well that only works for a while why don't you tell me (laughs) well it's not working anymore so we got to go to the next one which was insulin and then there was the the um other effects of diabetes you know the diabetes really is more of a it's not so much the blood sugar it's a cellular disease and people's cells in their body tend to be more fragile and tend to die faster so you have these problems with blood vessel you know small blood vessel disease that you get from it that's why many of them have um, amputations and things like that because they wind up with circulation trouble because it is not really the sugar is just a symptom they've treated the sugar for so long where the research money should have been going was in the blood vessel component of of the disease because it's really a blood vessel disease and so that's what gets people uh, when your your foot has to be amputated and you don't have enough nutrient going there to heal it properly you got a real big problem then and so uh, this is the thing that, that that person faced and they wound up with a blood infection and passed away from it. When, you know, I know 15 years 
prior to that divine health was offered. So you can't tell me you can't build your faith for removal of symptoms in 15 years. You can do that. God gives you ample time to get the job done. And so some of that time is spent just deciding that you can trust God. If your relationship with God is not to the degree where you consider him trustworthy, you need to talk to him about it. You need to get to where you can trust him. And know he's not trying to kill you. He's not trying to get rid of you. He's not giving you second rate anything. He's not taking anything away from you. But he is adding to your life. He's not taking away. And so it's more of a sinner's interpretation vision of who God is and your child of God do you think your father wants to harm you you think your mom wants to harm you uh, you know that kind of stuff so it's sometimes you get to the point where you say I've got to trust God you know and that's a good place to be or you can let go of everything else you've been holding on to so in Mark chapter 9 we see where unbelief can raise an objection to your promise to you in this case again a healing so Jesus has been on the Mount of Transfiguration fasting got me he didn't go up there and have lunch come on y'all know he's <laughs> oh anywho so <laughs> so they come down from the, the mountain and in verse 14 he came to his disciples and saw a great multitude about them and the scribes questioning them so the boys is in trouble you understand what I'm saying they are no match for a bunch of people questioning them and they, they're just the rookies you know what I'm saying he, he released them with power to to heal the sick raise the dead you know cleanse lepers cast out devils you know but they are very much dependent upon Jesus as their teacher their rabbi so they're still learning you understand and so when the crowd gets wind of the fact that Jesus ain't there they feel they can jump them you know Pharisees got a bunch of questions and so when Jesus comes down he starts taking up for his boys you got me he sends you to do something he'll take up for you you got me you don't have to argue with people you don't have to get nasty and ugly and I says and one of the multitude answered and said master he's telling on them I brought them my son and they couldn't heal him now what you gonna do uh-huh. and so he says he has a dumb spirit wherever that spirit takes him he tears him he phones gnashes he just paints a very very uh, graphic grim picture of what's happening to this little boy he said and so I told your disciples to cast him out and they couldn't do it <laughs> and he answered them oh faithless generation how long shall I be with you how long shall I suffer you bring him unto me and that's what this guy wants anyway they brought him to him and when he saw him right away the spirit started acting up again he fell and started foaming out the mouth doing the whole routine over and over again and so here we have um, a situation where this child needs to be healed the dad has asked for the healing but there's an opposition there's an objection to this kid getting healed and the objection is that they couldn't do it your disciples can't do it they don't have any power something's wrong here this ain't right this is not working you know and so when that happens many times people think that it's not possible 
for the miracle to happen. And that they'll never get their miracle. And so this man will either go away discouraged or Jesus is going to have to do something to help this whole situation and help him out. Now in verses 20 to 22 I guess 20, yeah, 20 and 22 Jesus starts talking to the dad and he asked his father how long ago has it been since he came to him and he said since he was a child so how long doesn't mean anything to Jesus but guess who it means something to <laughs> and so that kind of you know, the questions Jesus, these aren't let's, let's chat, you know, chatty questions. These are very directed, pointed questions that are significant to helping this man release his faith because Jesus knows that this man's faith is going to have to override this objection of unbelief that's come into the picture. And he says, uh, in verse, he says, yeah, he said, since he was a child, and here he goes again. You know, he said that up there in verse 18, didn't he? Oftentimes, and Jesus picks up on this. He said, This man has got this kid's illness rehearsed in his mind. It's embedded in his mind. That's all that plays when he thinks about his child. This is why there's no faith in the situation. Because he has no vision of this child being well because he's never been well. He's got no vision of him being healed because he has not put his faith in God so that he can be healed. Once you put your faith in God, you'll get a vision of what's going to happen. You'll know where you're headed. You understand what I'm saying? And so he says, he begins to talk to him. He said, oftentimes they cast him in the waters and to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Well, that's a good request because Jesus can do that. He can have compassion on you and he can help you. And he tells him, if you can believe, all things are, if you can if we can override this objection with your faith, then you can have this thing that you're looking for. He said, all things are possible to him that believe. And straight away, the father cried out, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. So what he does here, he, he redraws, he retracts his statement of accusation against the disciples. He quits blaming them for the fact, because he knows he's not believing either. He came up and asked them just kind of on a whim. You know, sometimes you want to feel things out. You, you know, I've heard had people say things like, um, well, if God loves me, he'll help me win the lottery. You know, little picky things like that. You know, things that are tainted with, they're like tempting God. Like God's got to prove himself to you who he is. God knows who he is. And so this man finally humbles himself and begins to confess that he's part of the problem. He says, I really don't believe like I should believe because I've seen what happens when when people are around you and they have faith. They get what they want. And so the man does ask for help for his unbelief. When Jesus saw the people come running together, he rebuked the foul spirit. You deaf and dumb spirit, I command you come out of him and don't enter into him again. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him and he was like a dead person. People even in one crowd said he was dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him and he arose. When the disciples came to his house, this this is the after party. Where you either get rebuked, <laughs> spanked, or you get encouraged that you did a good job. But that they know that's not coming. Privately they went to him. 
And they asked him why they couldn't cast him out. Because they had a sense that since Jesus accomplished it they could too. And that's good. See that is not being arrogant. That is not trying to be equal with God. They knew that he had been—he had given them power to do this. They would seen it work before. This case somehow got away from them. And they weren't sure how that happened. And so that's a good thing to do. Don't ever assume anything from God. Always wait and get God's understanding of things when things happen. You've got to know. And you've got to search God. You've got to get answers. Because he wants you to have success. He wants you to have the answers. And so Jesus is talking to the Father. It's extremely important. It's important to know what questions to ask to override the objections to their faith. You got to the word of knowledge will operate and word of wisdom will operate through the minister if you depend on God to give you answers. Now if you got them all you're never going to get anybody healed. You'll never help anybody. But if you depend on God to, to help you and give you answers the gifts of the spirit are always there to profit in every situation. And so you can call on God and he will give you a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom to help that individual and to get them to the place he wants them to be. And so so Jesus begins to understand that this man's faith is, is not there. He can't release his faith because all he can see is how bad the problem is. If you're only problem focused, you'll only open your mind to more trouble. If you're solution focused, then you're open. And the guy says, you know, I really don't believe. I know the problem is with me. Once he confesses that, that takes unbelief out of the way. And the faith that he has that's been blocked. See, it's been challenged. It's been uh, uh, um, the, the unbelief has raised an objection to his faith. So he uses his faith to override the objection of unbelief and he steps into enough faith where Jesus gets permission to cast that devil out of that boy Jesus has the anointing faith is the permission it's power but it's permission power the anointing is what breaks the yoke and affects the healing and the cure the anointing must be the anointing really follows your faith faith opens the door for the anointing to work so then when he goes to his disciples he says why could we not cast him out and Jesus said this kind can come forth by nothing by prayer and fasting so this is a spirit that will override the normal level of the faith that they use for healing you saw in Jesus when there was a lot of unbelief among people he was able to do a few things you know they say was able to cure minor ailments ailments because there was so much unbelief overriding everything it was just enough faith to get some minor things done so there's minor things and there's major things so here's a major thing and so the disciples have to have come into this through prayer and fasting now had they been listening to the Holy Spirit I'm sure the Holy Spirit would have told somebody, put that hamburger down or put that fish, McFish down or what, what do they call them things? Whalers or the little fish sandwiches they eat at McDonald's. Fish filet. Alright. Put that down. You understand? <laughs> fish and pita bread. Whatever they, I don't know what, what do they eat on there? It's, they're fishy. Sushi. Yeah. Sushi. Put that sushi down. 
And see, the Holy Spirit will prepare you for those things. So Jesus lets me backpedals them a little bit. And he says, oh man, you know what? I kind of had a feeling we shouldn't have ate before we... You got me? Yeah, so, you know, God knows everything and he'll prepare you. So I'm sure when he said this one doesn't come up by prayer fasting, somebody pressed oops, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and said, oh, yeah, well, next time, you know, whatever. But uh, But listen to the Holy Spirit. You know, that's the whole thing there. He will prepare you for whatever needs to be prepared for. And so they know that. In the in the uh, uh, conference afterwards, the what do they call those those uh, debriefing sessions? <laughs> you know, when Jesus debriefs you, uh, you can understand. You know that you know God. I kind of thought that could have worked. Why didn't it work? And uh, he'll he'll let you know. And so that's that's what they knew. And I'm sure somebody got convicted for eating that fish sandwich. McFish or whoever he was because you know they probably understood we had an opportunity prepared ourselves for this encounter because God knew it was going to happen and so you don't get dragged into a healing opportunity especially when you've been anointed to heal that's a divine appointment so okay so his faith was able to override the objection of unbelief even if you don't believe like you could there's a, an answer for it and that's put the burger down Barb <laughs> Barb, put that burger down. <laughs> we need to talk. So anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's, it's a good thing. You know, if you're instructed to fast, you got to do that. You know, so anyway. So once that was exposed, his faith was released and Jesus was able to heal him. Sometimes confession will move it out of the way. Most times. That's why confession is good for you. You understand what I'm saying? You and I'm not talking about confession of your what you want. You need to confess your faults and confess your sins. I don't know. People got this teaching out. You're already forgiven. You don't have to confess anything. It's just pride, folks. People are trying to hide their shortcomings yet from God. And say they're living in his grace. There's no such grace without obedience to the word. You know when you're hiding stuff and when you're telling the truth. So cut it out. We're Christians. We're supposed to be quick to repent. Quick to forgive. Quick to confess our faults. Go around hiding everything. You can't hide it forever. Everybody knows your mess anyway. Because <laughs> we all messed up ourselves in some way. So come on now. You're not fooling anyone. And you're certainly not fooling God. So faith overrides the objection of unbelief. Prayer and fasting prepares the spirit to override unbelief. So you quit feeding your flesh and it won't be so dominant in your life. So it will prepare you uh, to overcome that. You know, you just do what you got to do in order to get close to God. God will help you with it. If he tells you to not eat, he'll help you not eat. You know, these there are people that force themselves into, you know, oh, I just have to, you know, the church called a consecration, whatever that means. I don't even know what that means. You know, you're already set apart to God. What are you, what are you trying to do here? But man can't impose the grace to do something on you. You have to enter it into it by faith. That's why a lot of these things don't really 
produce a whole lot. It's just people going around thinking they're accomplishing something and God's not in it. So if God calls you to fast, he will help you fast. You know, he, he helps you do everything that he commands you to do. And so these things are good when they're led by God. You know, they're good because God is able to do so much work in us that he couldn't do before. And so that power will be there. The Holy Spirit, you'll be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You'll be more open to hear what he wants to tell you. Uh, you'll be more um more prone to receive what he tells you uh, it, it helps you all the way around you know the bride the, Jesus said when the bridegroom leaves you'll fast he's not here with us physically anymore so that's our way to connect to God in a way where he has total control over what's ministered to you I can tell you that much you, you can't call the shots when you're fasting because you you are there because God has called you to that place with him and he has called you to submit to what he wants to give you and the counsel he wants to give you and so when God is working with you and dealing with you in that way just stay with it because he'll sustain you you know when you get hungry again it, it that means it's over you understand what I'm saying you don't have to force yourself you know like in the old days when we were all Catholic you know you sat and waited till midnight with that hamburger right in there in front of you on Friday you know so you could dig right into it uh yes <laughs> I'm creating more holiness in myself or you know all you do is deprive your flesh with your flesh and then you're tempting yourself in the flesh and so it really doesn't avail anything but when God does call you to a fast you'll get results from it You'll be able to get uh, uh, the revelation and understanding and oftentimes you get healed when you're fasting. You know your ability to grab on to the word by faith is enhanced and and um, in 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 encouraged increased. Um, the gentleman Mahesh Shabda will do like forty day fast. I don't know many people who, but those are God ordained for him to do what he needs to do in God, and and he has the fruit to prove. You know that it, these things are God ordained. So you have to have that that result in. God and uh, I can remember somebody had said years ago they were on a a 40 day fast and they said well at the end of the fast I was asking God um, uh, you know to send me people who needed to be he was fasting for the for the sake of being empowered to heal and so the person that was talking to him said why did you wait 40 days he said you could have been doing this all along you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. See, sometimes we get the concept right, but the instructions wrong, and there's no really you understand what I'm saying, and so they miss their opportunity to. So you know, there there's stuff to learn here. The disciples learned that they had to fast to get rid of unbelief. So they weren't fasting to get rid of that boy's devil; they were fasting to get rid of unbelief. That kind goes out by nothing but prayer and by fasting. And so, as you stay in the presence of God and you allow God to control your fleshly desires and your fleshly craving and your fleshly attention you're able to come into 
more of the presence of God and remain there so that God can do what he wants to do so why don't we quit we've uh, gotten to the end of our time Father thank you Father for the opportunity to hear about these objections to our faith and how to override them they are just the enemy and our carnal minds trying to keep the good things that you have from us away from us but Lord we do thank you that you are able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all we can ask or think you are our helper to release our faith in every situation of life that we are in and we bless you and we thank you and we praise you for it in Jesus name amen and praise God amen 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 if anybody needs prayer